Hello, team, and welcome to Bureaucracy. I am your host, Emily Gross, and I am, you know, <laughs> I generally say I'm so excited today. You know, I am excited to have Kim Mutcherson back. Dean extraordinaire from Rutgers Law knows so much about the judicial system and what's going on and reproductive rights and all that stuff. And we're here to talk about what happened with Roe v. Wade um, and how it was overturned in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. So that is the big case that overturned Roe v. Wade, um, which obviously is affecting millions and millions of women all across the nation in their right and access to get an abortion. So, Kim, I mean, this fucking sucks. We talked about it a couple weeks ago and we, you know, knew that this was probably coming. Um, it's still so insanely difficult and let's dive into it. I mean, first of all, before we dive in, I am instead of bureaucracy, it's margaritaocracy today. Um <laughs> I was like, I don't think beer is gonna be enough for this conversation. So I made myself a pomegranate margarita that's I'm actually very proud of. It looks delicious. Thank you. Thank I'm you. impressed. Yeah. It hides it hides all the emotions of how I feel about this. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think a lot of us have been hitting the bottle a little bit over the last several days. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about it. What yep. do you, yeah, let's do it. What really stood out to you in this decision? So you know, the two things that I would say um, were really striking to me. One was that Justice Alito didn't really bother to change much from the leak draft yeah. to the final opinion, despite the fact that there was lots of opportunity to see you know, historians critiquing the way that he was using history, you know, con law scholars critiquing the way he was um, talking about stare decisis, all yeah. sorts of good things. And um, it's a, I think it's a really um, important reminder of how both powerful and insulated the Supreme Court is. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is um, that Justice Thomas decided he yeah. was going to write this lovely concurrence just to make very clear mm. to us that the fact that Justice Alito was reassuring us that this was only about abortion, don't yes. worry about these other things. Um, and Justice Thomas was kind enough to let us know that he's ready to talk about mm -hmm. those other things, including marriage equality, including contraception, um, including um, same-sex sexual intimacy, so, you know, that was, I, I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, and so that on top of the actually really horrible Dobbs opinion was a lot to, a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, and why don't you give some explanation to what Justice Thomas's, it was a concurring opinion, but he added in some terrifying real, because mm -hmm. in the main opinion, it talks all about due process, right? And I feel mm -hmm. like this entire, a lot of this decision is based off of the concept of due process under the 14th Amendment. Yep. And within that opinion, the main one, um, it's all about how it's just regarding abortion, abortion yep. and due process. It just, they're like, it just doesn't fit, which, yeah. <laughs> all right. Different, we'll talk about that yeah, too. Different opinions. Yep. However, it was just like, just because abortion is such a heavy topic and it deals with what they describe as a fetal life, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it was so different, you know, but it was like, don't worry. It's just regarding abortion and due process yep. with abortion. Thomas, on the other hand, went, I mean, it was shocking and horrifying and brought up the fact that all these other massive equality cases and cases that are massive in regards to someone to make their own health decisions and privacy and the fact and that they were based on due process i mean he basically just like threw that out the window and he yeah. was like we should 
talk about all of this, which would, if that comes up, I mean, it would put person's right to contraception and same-sex marriage, same-sex relations in their own home, you know, like puts all of that on the table. Absolutely. Let me take it back a little bit. So just to give you a sense of the, of the context here. Um, So there's, there's a longstanding um, debate, controversy, um, discussion um, about whether there is a substantive component to the 14th Amendment, right? So whether it's just about due process and the sort of, you know, did you get the right representation and was the jury right and, you know, all those other sorts of things that are really just about process. Um, and then substantive due process says, well, actually, we can use the 14th Amendment. And particularly if we talk about the 14th Amendment um, in conjunction with some other amendments to actually recognize substantive rights that flow from that. Um, And so that's where we get things like the right to privacy. um, That's where the right to abortion um, was found, the right to contraception. So these are things that are not specifically enumerated in the Constitution, Mm -hmm. but courts have read them into the Constitution through the 14th Amendment and and other amendments. And so the controversy is people like Clarence Thomas who say, nope, 14th Amendment is all about process. You cannot read any substantive rights into the 14th Amendment. And so anything that has been read that is a substantive right flowing from the 14th Amendment, if you're in Justice Thomas's camp, shouldn't exist, right? We should just erase it. Um, And the only way it should exist is if they go back and they can find some other constitutional provision um, to support it, right? So that's what's going on in Justice Thomas's opinion. And the reason why it's so frustrating to see Justice Alito in the majority opinion saying, no, 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 this is only about abortion, this is only about abortion, um, is that they all have the same critique of substantive due process, Yeah. right? And so, you know, him saying, well, abortion is totally different from contraception, is totally different from marriage equality, is totally different from all these other rights. I mean, at this point, it's like, you know, stop gaslighting us, right? We yeah. know where, where you're going. We know that this is about having the votes to do what you want to do on the court. Um, and, and that's what you're going to do. So uh, on some level, and this is not something I say very often, on some level, I actually appreciate Justice Thomas um, for being honest, yeah. right? And so sort of telling us this is the direction that we should be moving in. It's scary and terrifying. Um, yep. <laughs> for, yep. So I feel like with all this going on, you know, the the terms due process and 14th Amendment are thrown around so much. Would you mind giving kind of just like a a debrief on what those mean so for people can just really understand the whole concept without having to do all the research? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the 14th Amendment has um, a, a due process clause, um, and then it also is where we get our equal protection clause. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the 14th Amendment was really about, depending upon who you talk to, Right. The 14th Amendment was really about bringing to fruition the promises um, of this country that had been denied for a very long time um, to enslaved people, to women, right, to the whole so to the whole sort of gamut. And so, you know, that's what the 14th Amendment um, is intended to do. And usually when we talk about due process, and there's another amendment that is also a due process amendment in the Constitution. And usually when we talk about process, we really are talking about procedures. Mm. So a lot of this has to do with the way that you think about the Constitution. Do you think about the Constitution as a living document where 
courts and judges and justices should be able to read the amendments and understand them in our modern context? Um, Or do you think about the Constitution as a static document where when we want to understand it, we should go back to what, you know, a bunch of men who thought that you and I weren't good enough to actually be citizens with the right to vote and and all this other good stuff, Um, you know, whether we should try to think, well, what would those people think? (laughs) And what did they think when they came up with the Constitution? So it's a very different way of thinking about what our Constitution is meant to do and how we should interpret it. It is a way for people who are in some ways deeply uncomfortable with the ways in which our country has changed and continues to change. Um, It's a way for them to, frankly, allow us to be static or even move backwards, as we saw in Dobbs. And I think a really big part that struck out to me in the opinion uh, which you touch on is and moving backwards is there was so much in the opinion all about if there's anything that's to be granted in the constitution it has and that's not directly in it it has to be rooted in our country's values and traditions and based on our history mm-hmm. and i'm just reading this thinking i was like first of all great <laughs> like you know i <laughs> Like, there's no words when reading that. And yeah. you're just like, I mean, it's in fucking insane. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm also just reading this and I'm like, first of all, men were not like allowed in delivery rooms until like the 1950s. Mm-hmm. I was like, you think, <laughs> first of all, it's like, you think all these white men who gave no people of color a thought in the world, no like women a thought in the world, no one who did not look like them. You think they were thinking about women's issues and abortions? Like, right. <laughs> Right. Right. Exactly. Right. We weren't even we weren't even a part of the conversation, nor were we allowed to participate in the conversation um, or have any impact on the conversation. So, you know, the idea that we should be trapped in a history that excluded so, so many of us um, is deeply offensive in, in a lot of ways. And particularly because, you know, the idea is as they did in Dobbs is, well, you know, if we can't find it in the constitution, well, then we just throw it to the States and the States get to make a decision. Right. right? Um, as if, you know, there's something magic, um, about, about the States and particularly in a time where we have seen state legislators just acting in ways that are just bonkers at this point, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, some of the things that we're hearing people talk about now, you know, keeping people from being able to cross state lines to get healthcare or criminalizing them for crossing state lines to get healthcare. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stuff going on now that is, um, that's deeply problematic beyond abortion, right? It's about how do we think about this country? What do we want this country to look like? How do we use the constitution as a shield to protect people have, who have traditionally been marginalized and mm-hmm. vulnerable in this country. So we're really at this um, really dangerous tipping point, I think, where um, we can't we can't look to the Supreme Court to do the work that they have done in the past. Right? You think about cases like Brown versus Board of Education, or you think about right. cases like Roe versus Wade. Right. right. And that this court is 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 saying we're not going to do that kind of stuff. 
unless it's about church and state. Yeah. Which and the, then and then what we're going to do uh-huh. is we're going to say we're not so worried about that divide between no. church and state anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't I can't hear you on this one. Yeah. And they're like, what? No. <laughs> oh it's, my it's god. It's pretty amazing to watch. Yeah. It, the hypocrisy is. Yes. It's insane. Exactly. I mean. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's no words to describe. Just like watching something, you're just like, holy fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And there's there's no shame in it. And and you know, um, I think we talked about this last time because it was in it was in the leaked opinion. Yeah. Um. You know, where Justice Alito was saying, you know, Roe was this exercise of raw judicial power, and Mm -hmm. that's not what courts should be doing. And you know, blah 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 blah. Um. And yet, this is one of the most blatant raw exercises of judicial power that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. This this Supreme Court um looked at the issue of abortion not so many years ago um and reaffirmed Roe versus just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. reaffirmed Roe versus Wade and reaffirmed a constitutional right to abortion. The only thing different between when they did that a couple of years ago and now is who sits on the court. That's not about you know, making principal decisions or the legitimacy of the court. That's about, we have the votes now and that's all about power. Absolutely. I mean, I would love for us to walk through kind of the main points of the opinion that uh, these judges are making of why Roe and Casey uh, overturned. And so Roe was the initial one that granted access that said every woman should have the right to an abortion, but it did it in three terms, viability. Yep. And instead of the three trimester system, right? Exactly. Casey made it so that it was a woman should get be able to get an abortion like pre viability without undue burden. Yep, exactly. Right. So Casey kind of toned down Roe in a way, and That's exactly there's right. a lot of criticism of Roe saying that it was more of a judi- not judicial, like a legislative piece of judiciary content, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I think is really interesting, you know, and like is an interesting critique and one that I don't think is necessarily like out of this world crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Was- well, but, well, well, let me interrupt you a little bit yeah, on yeah. that, right? So um, if you think about a number of the rights that many of us hold dear, mm-hmm. they are not specifically enumerated in the constitution. Right. Um, the right to marry does not appear in the constitution. The right to parent your children, the right to procreate, the right to, um, you know, not be forcibly sterilized, right? Right. There there are no words in the Constitution that say any of those things. Um, And what the court has done over many, many years is done exactly what I think they're supposed to do, which is recognize the you know, the time in which we live, recognize that, for instance, Black people are actually people, and so maybe we should treat them that way, and, right. and women are actually people, and so maybe, you know, we should treat them that way. Um, and that, to me, is not a shocking thing. I mean, there are definitely critiques to be made of Roe. Um, you know, I think it was it, it was too focused, for instance, on doctors instead of on women right. um, making decisions. And, you know, the trimester framework, it wasn't my most favorite thing um, in the world. But the idea that, um, you know, that the Supreme Court has has never in other sets of circumstances articulated rights that are not specifically enumerated in the Constitution totally. just isn't true. Absolutely. No, no. And I totally agree with you. I was just saying from the like the scientific aspect 
that I think of Roe took with like separating into trimesters yes. and like the specific situations for each trimester felt very like a congressional piece of legislation. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. which I think is just yeah. very interesting. And when the, the justices talk about this and they're overturning, I do think there is some, there is a point to be made, I'm not saying it's correct or whatnot, but I do think it, it is an interesting point that they may, are making in regards to that. Let's talk about the big topics of hand that they're saying are the reasons why they're overturning Roe. Uh, mm-hmm. Because first of all, one is they're overturning president, which is, mm-hmm. happens, ex- it's extremely rare. Um, except mm-hmm. in this court, it apparently happens like every other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> supposed to be rare. <laughs> supposed to be. Yeah. Um, also what I found extremely offensive was the fact that they used Plessy v. Ferguson, uh, as a <sighs> rationale for being like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like we're doing good, you know, like, right. look at, right. look at Plessy and how we fucked up on that one. So don't worry. Yeah. We understand that was so fucking offensive. Um, and- yep. But so a lot of talking yep. about precedent, um, state rights, and ultimately the fact that Roe, they felt like, was a piece of uh, congressional legislation rather than judicial. Mm-hmm. But let's dive in because I could be, I might be missing something. I tried my best to read through it as best as I could, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty, it's um, um, constitutionally dense in some ways um, mm-hmm. opinion. So um, I'm happy to, to, to break it down. So the first question is the precedent question, mm-hmm. right? So that courts, that the idea of stare decisis, that you, um, that you don't just sort of willy-nilly change an opinion because there are new people on the court, right? That that has a negative impact on the legitimacy of the court, that that's not the way um, the system is supposed to work. And so generally, and, you know, the dissent um, by Justices Sotomayor, Kagan, and Breyer does a really good job of talking through this. Mm-hmm. Generally, when the Supreme Court is going to overrule itself, it's because something significant has happened. So it may be that there are factual changes in the world. So for instance, what I said before, like we've moved from a world in which we think, um, or at least our constitutional order believes that black people are inferior. And so it's okay to have separate but equal, um, and moving to a world in which we decide that black people are people and should be treated equally. Right. So that's like a factual change, um, in the world, or has there been a rule that's an unworkable rule? So the Supreme Court comes up with a standard and then they find that nobody can really apply it or it's all over the place, right. um, then we should we should fix our, our, our mistake. And then another reason would be whether has a reliance, do people have a reliance interest on this particular right? Like, is it something where because people have had it for whatever period of time um, that, that, that it would be a problem for the court to now say this doesn't exist anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically what the court says, you know, what the dissent says is one, there's, if anything, if there's any sort of factual change between 1973 when Roe was decided or 1992 um, when Casey was decided, it should actually push us in the direction of thinking that this case is even more important to keep, right? Because for, for all of those years, um, being able to control our reproductive health and our reproductive choices and our choices about um, when and if to become a parent is a huge part of women's equality and the ability for women to have, you know, built ourselves into what we've what we've created for ourselves. So facts, there's no factual change that would suggest that, you know, they should throw it out the window. There's no unworkable rule, right? They created this undue burden standard. It wasn't perfect. Um, but you know what? Courts apply difficult standards 
all of the time. Right. Um, and that, so, so there's no unworkable rule that would have kept us from saying, okay, let's keep Roe on the books or Casey, our Planned Parenthood versus Casey on the books. And then probably the piece of this that I, you know, that most wanted, that most put me in a position where I felt like I wanted to, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, punch Justice Alito in his face. Yes. <laughs> is is the complete and utter unwillingness to acknowledge that women have construct many of us have constructed our lives on some level around the belief that if we became pregnant in a set of circumstances where we didn't want to be, that we had a right to terminate that pregnancy. Mm. Um, and he very blithely says, "Oh no, that's not a th- you know you don't you don't you don't plan to become un." to have an unplanned pregnancy. So therefore you can't be thinking about abortion, um, which is just so insulting on, on so many different levels. Uh Right. Um, so all of the things that would normally, um, justify a court deciding to overrule precedent, none of them are present here. None of them are present here. So that whole analysis in the case is just garbage from top to bottom. It's so frustrating. Mm -hmm. I want to put them all in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, all right. That would be nice. That would be That would lovely. be very nice. Yeah. yeah. What I find so interesting is how much reiteration there is on, you know, states deciding, being like mm-hmm. of them saying, no, 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 don't worry. We're not taking away the right. And Kavanaugh mm-hmm. actually, in his uh, concurring opinion too, literally lists out the states where – abortion access will not be completely like terminated right and he's like and i was like is this is this your way of supporting women (laughs) yeah yeah don't worry here are the nine states where you can have access to an abortion all you have to do is get yourself there yeah don't worry guys (laughs) don't you worry but there's just such like a blatant being like no we're giving it to the people you know Mm -hmm. back to the people to make the decision you know, and right. Kavanaugh even says this as well, where he's like, it's not up to us, unvoted upon, like, yeah, <laughs> representatives. Right. And first of all, I was like, oh, you didn't really seem to care that much when uh, you were getting passed through uh, through the Senate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like, yep. where was your real diehard uh, democracy there? Yep. Um, yep. The thing is, it's like, listen, if people were voting unanimously and every single state, every single person who voted had the exact same thought. Maybe that could work. However, by saying you're going to the states, so allowing people to vote for the rep- elected representatives diminishes the fact that so many people disagree with what their elected representatives are doing. Yep. So, I mean, so one thing is we know that certainly if this were just about um, kind of you know popular opinion on a national level, um, that most people believe that abortion should be legal in most circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, you know, the the idea that this court is just saying, well, let's push it back to the states um, is problematic on so many levels. So one, it's problematic because this is the same court that is gleefully um, allowing states to, you know, gerrymander their districts, mm-hmm. um, you know, continuing with felon disenfranchisement, um, taking away mail-in ballots, right? Like everything that they can do in order to make it harder 
for certain populations of people to vote. Mm -hmm. That is going on in so many of these states where abortion is now going to be, is already or is soon going to be illegal. Um, So, you know, the idea that, well, the political process is where we can play this out um, completely ignores their um, complicity in, in, in making our political process not work the way that it's supposed to, right? So that's wildly offensive. Um, And then this, you know, this idea that, well, you know, women are no longer disempowered or disenfranchised. And so, you know, we, we can just run, you know, we just run the work, like they think we're Beyonce, right? We're we're girls and we run the world. Girl boss. Right. (laughs) It's like, what, where are you living? Right. I mean, you sit on a court. It's okay. Like you're fine. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's it's just it's just so wild. And you know, I, I think particularly the fact that they can talk about how how far women have come, um, and they sit on a court that has had barely any women yeah. after, you know, a hundred hundred plus judges, and we we're we're getting what our sixth woman on the court. Please don't talk to me about how empowered women are now and how we're running things, right? I mean, it's just part of part of what what makes me so angry is that these are smart people. Yeah. They're smart people and they know better and they know that they are saying things that are absolutely ludicrous mm-hmm. and they are making decisions that are wildly inconsistent and they don't care. Yeah. And they don't have to. No. Because we can't do anything to them. And that's infuriating. Yeah. It's really infuriating. Absolutely. Absolutely. The day before, you know, Dobbs v. Jackson was released, they ruled saying that New York couldn't, yeah. Right. Open carry. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and, and that, of course, you know, that was like a centuries old um, um, statute. It had been around for a long time. And, you know, on one hand, they tell us we want to, we want states to be able to make these decisions. We don't want to be, you know, making these decisions. And yet, um, and then, you know, the other piece of that too, is even within the world of enumerated rights, right? So whether it's our right to free speech or, um, you know, right to bear arms, um, you know, the court regularly tells us that that no right is completely sacrosanct, right? There always are opportunities um, to regulate, but they will pick and choose. So, you know, the Second Amendment there, it's like, you know, you're going to have to bend over backwards and show why this is so incredibly important that you have to regulate it, yeah. right? Um, and, and they're not going to spend any time thinking about how different the world is from when that amendment. Oh yeah. Besides was the fact that right. kids get shot in school and obliterated by right. Like basically right. weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. 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 Which nobody had hanging around their like little apartment. Right. Um, I, <laughs> like, it's, a it's just so, ridiculous. There are so many memes and tweets about the fact that <laughs> no one has more rights in this country than a gun. That's right. I, it is absurd. It is like, it absolutely. I mean, is. we should just start calling fetuses like AK forty sevens, and then maybe they won't be regulated. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Super thought. There you go. Now, this is the platform yeah. I'm running on now. Let's change. The, let's change the terminology <laughs> a little bit. I'll trick them. They won't know. I mean, what have you been seeing? I mean, all, a lot of states had trigger laws, which means that basically once this came out, abortion was criminalized. I mean, mm-hmm. 
the fact of not allowing an abortion or saying there's no abortion access in your country in your state it does feel like every place every state's a different country though it's fucking nuts yeah um and the act of criminalizing i feel like are very different Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like yeah. not allowing and not having the resources is very different from criminal charges being placed upon someone trying mm-hmm. to get access to an abortion. And that I yeah. find very scary. And yeah. I was just wondering, I mean, what states are enacting these criminal charges? There's talks about tracking period trackers mm-hmm. and location geo trackers, which feels like a direct invasion of privacy that... Yeah. <laughs> but we don't have a right to privacy because it doesn't appear in the Constitution. So, how dare you? <laughs> I are you kidding? Yeah. Every single yeah. like Republican has like every you know. Okay, <laughs> like this thing. It's like first of all, this is just affecting. I mean, this is like a direct power grab on minorities yep. and people of color and people who are lower income. You know, mm-hmm. it is. I, it is so infuriating. I like can't even have words to say besides the fact that it's bullshit because yeah. everyone who's in power will always have access to the access that they want and they need, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. it's really just, it's just a straight up power grab. Yep. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, and you know, and it's the fulfillment of, um, a longstanding sort of promise from mm-hmm. the right, right? Yeah. Which was, we will we will eventually be able um, to get rid of Roe versus Wade. And we will eventually be able to get the people who we want on the U.S. Supreme Court to make the kinds of decisions um, that we want, right? I mean, this this court has, has never seen um, a First Amendment case where they can't find some way for the person who was religious to be able to continue to do whatever, you know, bigoted or awful thing, you know, that they, that they want to do. Right. So it's, it's the ideology here is, is just brazen. It's just absolutely brazen. Um, at this point. So, you know, we're going to see what we see in the next uh, few months or so. I, I think that a lot of folks in state legislatures are feeling super powerful and pumped yep. up right now, um, and that we are going to see all kinds of wackadoodle legislation. Yep. Which, if you know, if somebody had passed it, you know, two years ago, I would have said, "Ah, oh, so obviously unconstitutional. It'll never make it through the federal courts. It'll never make it through the Supreme Court." And I just, I have no confidence in that anymore. I have no confidence in this court and their willingness to, to bathe in hypocrisy, right? I mean, literally cases released on back to back days where they are using opposite rationales to get to where they want to get to is, is, um, it's intellectually dishonest. And, you know, that intellectual dishonesty would be upsetting just normally, but in a, in the context where, there are literally thousands and thousands of people's lives at stake. Mm-hmm. It is, it's unacceptable. Absolutely. It is just unacceptable. Yeah. And but that's the world we live in now. It's a, it's a terrible reality. And I mean, mm-hmm. one thing you said last time you were on that really struck with me is we talk all the time about having an abortion and like what you consider life and a fetus or not. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about how the fact that, Carrying a baby to term is extremely, extremely risky. Yes. 
you know, it is more risky than having an abortion. Right. You know, which is is not addressed anywhere. There's literally one (laughs) section in this opinion that talks about, oh, just carry the baby. And, oh, and then they also talk about foster care. Like it's some like glorious La La Land place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like my roommate knows a lot of people that were in foster care and none of the stories are like, yeah, it was like a four-star hotel, you know? No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, you know. The disillusion is, it's it's incredible. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, so let, I mean, just think about this, right? So, you know, this, this is a case that came out of Mississippi. Um, Mississippi has one of the highest, if not the highest rate of maternal mortality in this country. Um, it is a state where given the option to expand Medicaid so that women could have a whole year of Medicaid post birth, right. To deal with complications or anything that would happen. They refuse to do that. Right. Um, they are a state that, um, you know, has has a short course of unemployment. If you lose your job, like, you know, all the things that you could possibly think of that could potentially have a positive impact in people's lives. Mississippi's like, we're not going to spend money on that. That doesn't matter to us. What does matter to us is making sure that people have to carry babies to term that we will then you know, not provide any assistance to them to help care for those children, that we will send them to substandard schools, that we will allow them to live in, you know, abhorrent living conditions, mm-hmm. and we will pat ourselves on the back because we are pro-life. Yeah. It's, it's so upsetting, you know. It's so upsetting. Yeah. It's so upsetting. And, and you know, the complete unwillingness to in 2022, the complete unwillingness of these justices to take seriously women, mm-hmm. to take seriously the idea that all people have a right to decide how they are using their bodies um, and to decide that this faith-based reasoning about pregnancy, right, um, you know, there, there aren't people who are making all these secular arguments that are anti-abortion. They're talking about, you know, life begins at conception, conception, because that's what God says. Yep. And, you know, I don't, I don't have to live your faith. No, um, that's the I'm not obliged to do that. principle yes. of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. If you want to go talk about that, you know, also the fact that also, all right, literally in this opinion, it brings up the question of there is one point where it mentioned was like, do you think this attack on abortion is because people are against Catholics and women? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I was like, Oh my God. How is this? It's like, it's like they live on another, uh, like a, just a totally different but planet. I was like, how is this literally in a Supreme court opinion right now? Mm-hmm. You know, like the mm-hmm. fact that that's even being addressed should show how much they all know that this is rooted in religious ideology. Yep. A, it's yep. crazy. Yep. Crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, going back to what we were talking before in terms of um, criminalization, and I think I said this last time um, I was here too, 
you know, it used to be this sort of real tenet of the anti-choice movement that you don't punish women, right? Women are victims of the abortion industry and, you know, no woman wants to have an abortion and they're all going to regret them and blah, 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 blah. Although data tells us that the vast majority of women who have abortions don't regret them at all. And and then the the emotion that most women feel is relief, right? That they are no longer pregnant because they didn't want to be pregnant um, in the first instance. So, you know, it used to be that they used that they would never punish pregnant women. And, and when you would see pregnant women being punished, it was often women in these sort of um, kind of one-off situations. They were often poor women, women of color, and there were, you know, various messed up reasons because this country is racist and sexist and all those good things, um, why that was happening. But now, now we're in this position where, you know, you don't have to go to a doctor's office to have an abortion. That has always been the case, right? It's always been the case that people can self-manage abortions. Um, But in a world in which you're scared to go to a doctor's office or there's no doctor anywhere close to you and you're going to have medication abortions, it's going to be so much harder for them. And this goes back to your point about period trackers and all that good stuff. You know, they're going to have to really figure out, well, how do we, how do we identify these people who are having abortions, but they're not doing it um, at a clinic. So, you know, what kinds of powers are states going to try to give themselves to um, look, look at our mail, right? Um, what kind of power are they going to have to um, block access to, to websites? Yep. What kind of power are they going to have to come to your house and say, we, your neighbor heard you talking in the front yard about getting these pills and they called us, right? I mean, just things that are, that would just seem completely off the charts, ridiculous, and now are potentially going to become actual public policy, Um in the United States. Yeah. And that's, that's just where we're headed. It's scary. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, just encourage everyone to remember that of the six justices who wrote this opinion, only one actually is able to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they yeah. are a devout religious person who has multiple mm-hmm. children. Um, and that's their choice and their prerogative. And that yes. is okay. But just exactly. friendly reminder, when they're talking about exactly. giving it back to the states, let's remind ourselves of uh, who's writing these opinions. Right. And, the, you know, the other thing to think about in the opinion is one of the things that Roe and Casey still required of states was an exception for the life and the health of the pregnant woman, of the pregnant person. Um, that's not there. No anymore. Um, and there's no, you know, there's no limit on when you can ban abortion. So, you know, some states might say, okay, we're going to ban it at 10 weeks. Some may, some might say at 15 weeks, which is what the Mississippi statute says. Um, some might say from the moment, you know, you're pregnant, right. From the moment of conception, abortion is banned. Um, and you know, one of those, one of the things that I think is going to be litigated, um, and I'm looking forward to it, um, is states that pass these laws that have no exception for the life and the health of the pregnant person, um, and states that pass laws that have no exception for rape and incest. Um, and, and we're already seeing that. We are already seeing that. And the, I was listening to something earlier today. I guess she's the governor of, uh, of South Dakota. Oh, um, right. And, you know, the line that they like to give is, um, you know, you don't want to compound one tragedy with another tragedy. So, you know, if a child has been raped 
Um, that's a really horrible thing. But how much more horrible is it to then have that child have an abortion? Which is not my logic. It <laughs> doesn't work for me. Nuts. Yeah. Also, can we just acknowledge no. the whole incest thing quickly? Because I feel like, listen, rape fucked up. Are two of the justices on the Supreme Court right now accused rapists? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Rape's a whole other ballpark. Incest? <laughs> we're literally, we're like, first of all, children born from incest have so many issues, all right? Like, because it's biologically not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just dumbfounded at the fact that our society is like prioritizes incest over like cells. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it's gross. It's just objectively gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, or I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's wildly problematic, right? Um, on a on a whole so host of levels. levels, right? Um, and. You know, like, look, the, the truth of the matter is, is, for instance, if you, you know, marry, marry your first cousin, there, there, there are risks, yes. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Um, but, the, you know, the, the larger point here is if we're talking about a 12, a 13, a 14-year-old girl who has been sexually assaulted mm-hmm. um, probably over time, yep. right? Um, by someone who is supposed to be a trusted family member, by a father, by an uncle, um, by whomever. And then one, we say to her, your 12-year-old body is now going to go through nine months of pregnancy, even though that is not what a 12-year-old body is built for. And it is incredibly dangerous for you physically. And then put aside the physical stuff and, and talk about the psychological harm right? The psychological harm of pregnancy and the psychological harm of you're now going to give birth to a child to whom you are related because the father is related to you. It's despicable. It's despicable. And, and that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about now. And we're talking about people who've been able to take what I think is a pretty, um, a pretty extreme ideology. That is not what most Americans think. No. Most Americans think that's, and certainly if you're asking the question about rape and incest, most Americans think that that is an instance where you should be able to terminate a pregnancy. And we're going to have states that say, you can't compound a tragedy with a tragedy. I mean, it's, it, the woman's just a carrier now. Who? Yep. It's insane. Just mm-hmm. not a bodily autonomous person, just a carrier. Mm-hmm. But the minute that baby comes out, who gives a fuck about both right. of you? You know, right, right. I mean, then it's you're so irresponsible, and now you have to, you know, figure out how to make all of this work. Exactly. Everyone's who like, right. well, just don't have sex. Like that's on you, and it's right. like you're just not getting late enough. That's on you. <laughs> all right. It's more of a personal. Problem. Exactly. Yeah. That's your issue. Yeah. Don't put that on me. Right. I saw, um, I saw a tweet today where somebody said, um, if you don't, you know, if you, if you're worried about your daughter not being able to have access to abortion, um, don't raise her to be a slut. I did see that. Uh, Really? I mean, that's, that's that, whatever, right? Like that. I would love to hear that woman's definition of slut because I'm pretty sure it means anybody who's had sex outside of marriage. And, you know, and it's just, you know, the idea that we would allow, 
people with those attitudes to make decisions for all of us um, is really abhorrent. It's incredibly abhorrent. It's disgusting and repulsive. And just one, uh, just one more thing about how people just don't know women's bodies. Mm-hmm. In the opinion as well, they're like six weeks is when most people know when they're pregnant. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is the epitome of fake news. Yep. I ins- exactly. I mean, they're like <laughs> six weeks, like. Are you kidding? You should know everything by now. Like you should already yeah. have names picked out. And it's like, right? I've had ingrown hairs last longer than six weeks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I it's I know so many stories of first of all, I know so many stories of women carrying children to like nine months and not knowing they were pregnant. Yep. Right? Yep. There's a whole TV show. There's an entire yes, right? They made an a entire whole TV, TV show about it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Literally, mm-hmm. a, my one of my mom's best friends didn't know she was pregnant for three months. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it is not an insane thing. Saying someone nope. knows after six weeks is ridiculous and stupid and not based in any fact. All right? Yep. Yep. So. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <sighs> All right. Moral of the story <sighs> is, where do we go from here? What do we do? Because it is, it feels shitty. I... Yeah. I am encouraging every single woman that is forced to carry a baby to term to deliver that baby on the steps of the Supreme Court. That's that's an option. Yep. Or any of these justices that wrote this opinion uh, and overturned yeah. it. And every single woman that dies from trying to obtain an abortion or from forced pregnancy, which let's call it is, it is a forced pregnancy, yep. should absolutely be laid to rest in an open casket for everyone to see in the steps of the Supreme Court the lawn of every single one of these justices that worked on this on every single one of these senators and representatives that pushed for this bullshit. Mm -hmm. They should be forced to see the consequences of their actions and be forced to deal with it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is a guarantee. It is a guarantee that women will die. Yes. Full stop. And, and some of that, some of those will be because they, they, you know, try to self-abort in ways that are, that are dangerous. Um, but you know what a lot of those deaths will be, it will be because this country cares so little about women that we let women die in childbirth all the time, Mm -hmm. especially black women in this country. Right. So, you know, the, the, the piece of this that is, you know, and you, you sort of referenced this earlier, but the piece of this that is pregnancy is not a big deal. It's just nine months out of your life. And then you can go back to doing exactly what you were doing before. Right. I mean, talk to every woman. You know, I have multiple C-section scars. I have scarring on my uterus because I've had C-sections. My feet grew half a yes. size. Right. I mean, all sorts of things happen to your body um, as a consequence of pregnancy. Yeah. It is uncomfortable. You might lose your job. You could die. You know, these are these are not minor things. Yeah. And, you know, the sort of root of this, I remember being at a conference many, many years ago that was supposed to bring together, um, you know, pro-choice people and anti-choice people to try to have like these substantive and productive conversations. It was a disaster oh um, on so many <laughs> levels. It was so, we still talk about it. This was literally many, many, oh, many years ago. Oh we gosh. still talk about it. Um, and you know, they, they, uh, they bust in a bunch of college kids from Catholic colleges oh, God. 
And so like at every single panel, there'd be somebody who stands up and says, why do you murder babies? You know, like it was, it was a terrible conference. Oh my Um, God. But one of the questions that was posed to me after I had done um, my presentation um, was this young man who said, you know, how do you reconcile your position with the fact that, you know, the purpose of women on this earth is to have babies and to be a mother? Sir, sir, right? So, you know, and that's like, that's the mindset, right? The mindset is this is what you were built for. Why wouldn't you do this? This is what you're expected to do. This is, you know, why, why you've been put on this earth. Um, and like, you don't, you don't get to make that decision for me. You don't get to decide that's why I was put on this earth. And if that's what your faith tells you, knock yourself out right? Have as many babies as you want to with whoever you want to have them with. But the idea that I have to live by your religious code is precisely what this country tells me is not the case. Mm -hmm. And yet that's where we are. And that's where we're going to be for quite some time now. That's depressing. Yeah, no, that fucking sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of something uplifting to say. (laughs) You know what? I think no matter what, I think people who are in this fight, we're going to have to help each other and we're going to have to make it work. And I think that's the only way is if we, you, if you have the resources to help, you need to. Um, Yep. Yep. I think that's it. Absolutely. So one thing that I want to be really clear about is like all of these people who are just now realizing how awful what's happening in America is and all yep. this good stuff, and who are like, welcome. we're going to start an underground yeah, railroad. Welcome to the show. Wildly offensive. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, People should not yeah, be let's, using let's the save un- that. Yeah, let's also not use the underground <laughs> no, railroad please don't terminology do that. for this. Um, or any of the like American Taliban shit. Like, this is, this is not American Taliban. That? This is, yes, yes. Ah! Completely ridiculous, ah! right? All right. Ugh. So let's just put all of those aside. Yeah. That's not how we're going to talk about any of Yikes. this. Um, let's not use right? those terms. Um, you know, but folks who are like, oh, you know, I'm going to start a this, I'm going to start this or that or the other thing. People have been on the ground doing mm-hmm. this work for decades. Yeah. If you want good things to happen, give your money, your time, your resources or whatever to these abortion funds that have been making sure that women have access to abortion forever and ever, right? Give your money to, you know, the clinic that is now going to move across a state line Mm -hmm. in order to be able to stay open and still provide abortions. Give those people your money, right? I mean, do not, do not take this as a moment to reinvent the wheel because there are folks who have been in this fight for a long time and they deserve our time and our focus um, um, and our resources. And, you know, and also just try to like, you know, check your personal racism and Islamophobia at the door. Yeah. And not, I'm sorry. And not use we terrible metaphors. We cannot deal with it all right now. All right? Yeah, right. I, <laughs> exactly. This is, we have to focus. We have to focus. Yes. You need to put the racism <laughs> aside. All right? We should not be using right. the terms Underground Railroad. Uh, we should not be using the terms like Taliban. American Taliban. Taliban. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. There are yeah, we're not doing so that. many words in the English language. We can pick something else that does not affect yes. millions of people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> just a good point to put out there. But yes. uh Yes. Yeah. This is a this is a tough and shitty situation and it's uh Yeah. It sucks, you know, and I feel very grateful yeah. and very privileged to be live in New York 
to be from mm-hmm. Chicago, which in Illinois, which mm-hmm. is another really great state for uh, abortion yep. access, and to truly have a mom and parents and community that literally my mom and I have had the conversation that if I were ever to need to get an abortion, it would be done and it would happen and we would make it happen. Yep. And I am yep. so grateful and so privileged for that. And, yeah, you know, people, it's not just getting the access to the abortion. It's being able to support the person that is trying to get it with childcare yes. services or transportation services. Yep. The only way that we're going to be able to save women, because this is what it is, is if we work as a village. Um, and yep. I think that's all we can really do is just remind ourselves that where you are in the nation and where your like position is, is grounded in lots of privilege and chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that and use it. Yep. You know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me t- say two things um, on, on that front. So one is, um, you know, there are lots of practical support networks mm-hmm. across this country. And if you can find one near you, please volunteer. And, um, you know, you would be surprised at how many women for whom, you know, the one of the big obstacles is they, they can't even get a ride to the clinic. Yeah. Right. And if you have a car and you can drive somebody, do that. If you can let somebody stay in your house overnight because they have a two day procedure, do that. Um, if you have a friend who, as you say, you know, most women who have abortions have kids at home already, you know, hang on to your friend's kids for a couple of days while she goes to, you know, terminate her pregnancy. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that are on the ground things, um, um, that folks can do. And then the other thing I would say, you know, for those of us who live in, um, it's such a weird thing to think of safe haven states for abortion, right. In this country. But, um, you know, for those of us who live in states like that, you know, it's not enough to just pat ourselves on the back and say, well, thank goodness I live in New Jersey, right? right. I mean, I feel lucky um, that I live here, but you know what? I, there are things that New Jersey can do, right? New Jersey can say, we're not going to share any kinds of information with people from other states yep. who are trying to criminalize women who come here for abortions. New Jersey can say, we're going to work to increase increase capacity for providing abortion because people are going to be crossing state lines and our clinics aren't going to be able to handle um, the volume of people who are coming. So we can do that. We can think about what kind of um, monetary resources we mm-hmm. can provide to people um, who, who want to end their pregnancy. So, you know, even those of us who are in, you know, safe states can be asking things of the people in our states. We can be voting in local elections. Yep. Right. So that the people who end up going, going back to, to the state states, house, guys, <laughs> ugh, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm right across the, the river from Pennsylvania where they elect their all of their judges. Yeah. Right. You if you're if those are elections that you don't usually pay attention to, get it together. Mm-hmm. Right. Those individual judges might be making decisions about whether, you know, a young woman gets a judicial bypass to be able to terminate a pregnancy. Yep. So, you know, don't don't just get. um you know, don't get complacent because you live in the right part of the country. Think about all of those women who don't. And it's millions of women, millions of women and other, you know, um, people capable of pregnancy who do not live in places where they're going to be safe. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is on more just um, trying to add humor to a non-humor situation. But if you're a man and you don't support the right to an abortion, if you have not, if you're not positive, you've made a woman orgasm, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Right, because I guarantee it probably hasn't happened, and I don't want to fucking hear it. All right, we're not interested in you right now. 
I'm yeah. sorry. You think you know about the woman body? I'm sorry. But you can't even, like, I bet you don't even know where the fucking clitoris is. All right. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Ah! All like, like, it's just one of the situations where you just want to be like, Argh! Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really, you know, it's, it's really maddening. Yeah. And I think that the thing that people need to keep in mind is that the, the work to, to destroy Roe happened over decades, yeah. decades. And so if we want to, you know, move this country in the right direction, one, we have to start playing chess instead of checkers. Yep. Um, you know, and we can't just be, you know, it, it's interesting. I've, I was working on a um, project with some folks who, who do abortion attitudes research. And um, one of the things that they were talking about in terms of studies that have been done um, about abortion and, and how people vote is that a lot of times people who are more conservative, they're single issue voters. Like mm-hmm. they will vote just on abortion. Totally. Whereas those of us on the left are like, but what about you know, criminal justice yeah. reform and immigration. Yeah. And like, you know, we're like voting on all these different issues. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. We should do that, right? Like we should be able to hold more than one idea um, in our head at the same time. But we also have to know that we're being stacked up against people who are willing to, you know, just focus on that one thing and to focus on that one thing over half a century. Half a century they have been working on this right? That's the plan. And we are really far behind because boy, are they organized. Um, and they're, they're already ready for whatever the next step is going to be. And, and we're not. And it's an unfortunate world that that's what politics has turned into. Yep. Um, yep. But if we don't step up to the game and we don't play the way that they're playing, we're just exactly just going to continue to get fucked over. Um, which is exactly some stop going high people. <laughs> Literally. Shell Just Obama, stop. love you. Not the situation right now. All right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Kim, it has been so lovely to have you. Any other last words of wisdom or comments on the situation? I, you know, I really, I know how demoralizing this is and I know how difficult it is to sort of think about, you know, where do we go from here? But I, I do really believe that, that, that this country is fixable. Yeah. Right. It feels very, very broken right now, Um, but it is absolutely fixable. And the only way we don't fix it is if we, you know, all of us making the jokes about, you know, I'm going to Canada and I'm going to this place, the other place. You know, this is our country. Right. This place belongs to us. And we know what it can be and we know what it should be. Um, And so let's let's dig in. Right. Don't just put your head down. Don't don't just run away from it dig in and let's fight. We're ready. Let's do it. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Well, Kim, it has been once again, so lovely to have you. I wish it was on better terms, but yeah, (laughs) maybe one day we'll talk about some wonderful thing that has happened in the world. Hopeful that, you know, eventually get what we need to get. But uh, thank you so much for coming back on and helping us to unpack all that is going on right now. So Once again, I'm your host, Emily Gross. This has been another great episode of Bureaucracy, and we'll be back next week.